Right, we are recording. Um, welcome to another episode. We made it happen. We got here again. Um, how is everybody? Around the houses, how is everyone? Uh, Luke, are you there? Yeah, pop it up. Please let's... Right, but, right basically, just so you can to set the scene, um, Luke's got his, his kid with him. So there was the tiniest little girl uh, with some sort of like ghetto bandana on. Um, <laughs> two, two pack wannabe bandana. Yeah, looks me- it looks mega. But yeah, if we have yeah. any uh, noise throughout this, it's it's Luke and his his child ruining it. Just being a noser. Yeah. So yeah. She-, ah. she looks right. Uh, yeah, she's sound, mate. Yeah, she's she's fucking hoofing, mate. Yeah. Roofing at zero six as well. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, I feel all over the place. Normally, I'm like mega organised, sat there in the office, all pusses and that, everything's charged, good to go. I'm literally yeah. chasing my ass today. I've been outside screaming at the fucking builders because some absolute fucking heroes decided to park on the curb and just cause absolute <laughs> chaos outside my house. And everyone's looking at me thinking it's me who's parked in there. She's kicking yeah. off, mate. Obviously, I left my charger at fucking work, so I had to go to Argus at nine o'clock this morning. Oh, that's professional. I like it. So, Dedication. Yeah. yeah, no change, mate. We're doing well down here at Contact Coffee, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a good thing for you as well, but I'll spin that later. Ah, oh, spin it. Yeah, we'll do it later. Yeah. Go on, Ben. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, so I'm uh, knees deep in boots at the moment. Uh, we made that little appeal at the last podcast, uh, just saying, well, not even appeal, we just said that we were going to do it, put an advert out on a couple of platforms, and it's gone a bit mental. Um, honestly, I've got hundreds and hundreds of boots here. Uh, people have gone above and beyond. Um, the problem I've got now is uh, getting it into country. Uh, as I said to you guys a little bit earlier, the Kenyans can't be trusted not to go through the shipping containers before they get to the destination. So until we can actually secure the boots going into country, we kind of say, look, no more boots. Uh, don't send us anything more in until we can actually secure the first shipload in. But honestly, mate, it's, I mean, you, you actually, you wonder what people have been wearing on their fucking feet, to be honest, throughout their <laughs> careers. Um, but but honestly, there's people have gone above and beyond. There's companies who've given us uh, boots. There's people who've bought boots online. Honestly, there's more boots here. The, there's a guy that came in yesterday, top bloke, works with uh, Ollie Ollerton, who sold his mountain bike just to spend it on boots to go and get to the Rangers. Fucking uh, People of mega, mate. People of mega. So that's what I've been doing. This week, we've been, uh, we've been doing that, really. Boots. Cool. So have you got yourself some nice new boots, then? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the, the, unfortunately, I did ask for women's sizes as well, so I, I, there's no dwarf sizes turned up just yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, um, let's have a think. I haven't done anything interesting. I've done nothing interesting, I'm, but I'm okay. Everything's fine. Um, so, what we did last night, we thought instead of, uh, well, we just thought we'd ask questions on Instagram and see what people came back with. And um, obviously, as always, there's some mental stuff, but there's some stuff we can actually talk Ooh. about. So, I think I'll just start reading them. If I, unless anyone's got any better ideas, I'll just start reading them and jump in where they feel like it. Okay, so first one does actually involve you, Ben. 
So it's do HR4K want to open a northern headquarters? Now, I already know the answer to this because Ben would basically like to have an HR4K in every town, pretty much. <laughs> every so, five miles. Exactly. Across the UK. Yeah. Go, Ben. Um, yeah, it's, I suppose it's, look, we, we, this week we've just closed down the London uh, box just because it's uncertain times at the moment. Um, until we can kind of um, consolidate and make sure we've got uh, our shit in a sock, we're not really looking at any more locations. Um, however, yeah, the aspiration to open one up north, but again, it needs to be in an inv- oh, uh, a place where we know... <laughs> Wait, what's she done? She's just fucking <laughs> chundered all over herself. Fucking <laughs> 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 look at the start of that. Uh, oh, mate, get a grip. Uh, <laughs> oh, mate, give me, yeah, carry on. Yeah. I'll fucking be back in five minutes, man. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Luke. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all about whether or not we've got... Um, um, you know, a, follow, a following or even uh, just people interested in having that. But I mean, where, where would it go? You know, um, yeah. but what we have been doing, what we're doing with Colchester is actually uh, working symbiotically, right. if you like, or whatever you want to call it, um, with other CrossFit gyms. So Colchester is a good example of that. It's a civvy um, group of guys have got together, opening a, a CrossFit box, and then they're allowing us a space inside there. So that's yeah. certainly something that we're interested in doing in the future. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it'd just be mega, wouldn't it? It'd be mega to just have... I mean, even if they weren't all completely HR4K, whatever, like you've done in Colchester, it's, yeah. it'd be good to have locations all over the country that we could we could drive the community to. Because we all basically agree, have the same mate. community, haven't we? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's. I suppose that's the answer. Uh, not yet, but definitely interested. It's, it's going to come down to a case of where really, uh, before we kind of uh, look at it any further. Cool. Okay. Right, well, we'll just uh, we'll deal with the fact that Luke is having to be a father, selfishly looking after his child. Um, yeah. And with a swore crack on, and when he comes back, he comes back. I think we can hear him a bit in the background in, in shit states. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right, let's have a look. How do you deal with idiots that just don't listen? I work with one. Yeah. Um, is is, is yeah. that a question for my wife? Or is yeah, that I think it's probably because yeah. <laughs> I know she yeah. could probably answer that. I think all our wives could. Um, I don't know. Like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean that they that uh, what what is the context that people don't listen? I don't know. He's um, literally just said, "How in, do you want?" Yeah, because he's assuming that he's right. Yeah, you know what I mean. He might they might not be listening to you because you're not right. You might be the idiot. <laughs> You know what I mean, and then everyone else is talking sense. Well, you know I mean? didn't was it was it the film Fight Club that they said um, no one's re- no one's really listening; they're just waiting for their turn to talk. Yeah, completely. So yeah. is that is that a case where some people uh, they're not really listening because they already know the answer that they want to hear? Yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? Yeah, I think this is like it sounds like this is, a, is a, in a work context, you know, like. Yeah. I'm sure he's probably talking about people above him rather than people below him. Well, in- interesting. I was having a conversation with a lad yesterday about this. And um, I think in all organisations, you're starting to see, uh, we talked about this last week about culture and and uh, seniority and making people uh, uh, 
you know, against their actions. What's it called? You know, uh, they they need to justify their actions. They also need to toe the line. There's yeah. uh, seniority, etc. And um, I think culturally, it's getting harder and harder to to discipline people, or even to have people who have respect for a rank system. Uh-huh. And I think it's because now. Um, you can't really just agize someone. You can't really just charge them. You can't. And also I think that, you know, that stems back from the individuals, you know, we always talk about, talk about parenting. You know, uh-huh. the, the fact is my parents weren't strict, but they ensured that I knew right, wrong. And if I fucked up, I knew about it. Yeah. And obviously that, makes you a better person within society makes you respect others and respect other people's boundaries etc i think now society and culturally uh because there's no um oh, i can't remember what the word is now but you know there's um you know you're less likely to get in shit for it um, uh-huh. or you can even fight the system and argue the system um then actually you know little shits are running riot and it's really difficult for people i mean before even if you were maybe not as strong or um you weren't necessarily a harder bloke than someone else the system would allow you to better still discipline someone who was under your command if they fucked up Uh um now you can't even use the fact that you might be harder or stronger or, or, or even using that to threaten someone to make sure they sort of toe the line if you look back in our days you know your senior Tom was someone to be feared of. Your, your uh-huh. corporal was was almost, there'd be a, a senior corporal within battalion. Uh-huh. You know, you wouldn't even see your fucking sergeants. It'd be done at the corporal level. Certainly wouldn't see your lance corporals. You'd be seeing your corporals and your uh, senior Toms. Um, and you'd toe the line, because if you didn't toe the line, you get fucking regicated. Exactly. You yeah. know, so, uh, you know, society, unfortunately, um, yeah, it's fucking that off and making it more difficult for people to actually toe the line. And, and in so, you you probably got mutiny within the ranks. Yeah. I think it's like, as, as soon as you start talking like that, like the examples we've just given there of like, when you, you know, you might, even like with the Sergeant Major, so you go into the Sergeant Major's office and you, I know plenty of Sergeant Majors who will give you a choice of going on the shell or just getting a fucking dig in the head. And, uh, you know, that's your choice. You know what I mean? Now, when, you, when people who are from that background start hearing that sort of thing, they start thinking about bullying. And that's yeah. actually where they go. It's like, oh, well, yeah, just because you're physically stronger or just, you know, you're a hard cunt or whatever. Um, it gives you no right to do whatever to people beneath you. But there's balance with it, isn't there? I think, yeah. you know, you are... It's discipline. Everybody knows... If everybody, yeah, if everybody understands that system and that's how it works, then those things become stories to talk about rather than the worst experience of your life. But you're, you are relying on everybody in the system to do their job and to know where the line is. Because it's not like there are bullies. We know plenty of bullies. The thing with the bullies in Power Edge is they tend to get fucking filled in eventually because someone goes, oh, you're a bully. And you, uh, you get bullied. <laughs> and then you're not a bully anymore because it turns out you're a bit of a cunt. Um, yeah. But yeah, but that's... That goes society-wide, doesn't it? When you rely on people to go, okay, there is a system here um, for us all to sort of stick to. And as soon as start people stop playing the game, the whole thing falls apart. It's that mutual respect of going, okay, plenty of people just want to like smash the system or whatever, don't they? 
But you do need the system. You need it a little bit. Because otherwise we're all fucking mental and we rip each other to bits. You know what I mean? You need those boundaries. Yeah. Well, I think it's a great... I mean, we talked about uh, a similar thing before where we talked about um, young lads and lasses um, who need discipline in their lives because uh-huh. maybe they haven't had necessarily a father figure or um, a, a strong figure within their family. Uh-huh. You know, joining the military or joining an institution where there is discipline, but it's, you know, it, it's done with that balance, exactly as you said, can really sort of set people right for the future. It can set them back onto a good path that they can, you know, as I said, respect others, uh-huh. respect family, you know, and have those moral values, etc. You know, we need that. Um, people need that. You know, there's a lot of families who, who don't have someone strong within their family who, who kind of, send their kids off to the army or encourage their kids to join the military to hopefully instill some of those values. If not, yeah. what you get is you see now you get like the little shits you get in a lot of the big cities at the moment who, uh, who are in the gang culture, you know, abusing the police, uh, abusing each other. It's, you know, and, and even then society can't even make these people accountable because yeah. straight away uh, the criminal has as much rights as the victims these days. Yeah, and there's always an excuse as to why they they are victims. Uh, they are, sorry, criminals. I mean, I get that. Some people have very hard backgrounds, but you still are responsible for what you do. You, you are know. your actions. Well, there you go. Boom, I set you up for that. That was good. Well, it was like a punchline, that was. Yeah, but that's, that sort of jumps into, it ties into a, another one of these questions. So thoughts on current rise on assaults on the police. Um and that, that's basically the same thing, isn't it? There is this lack of respect for the, the system and people uh, trying to enforce is the wrong word, but just just hold the line. You know, there, there has to be a line of acceptability. And that's basically what the law is designed to be. And you step over that, everybody suffers. You know, it's... It, but obviously, thoughts of rising the assault of the police, of course we don't agree with that. It's fucking shit. You know, they're doing a terrible, having to do a very difficult job in terrible circumstances at the moment. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. Um, I mean, look, you know, there's, there's something as well, you know, criminals, shits, and all the scrotes of society. They wouldn't like it if the shit was done on them. Totally. Do you know what I mean? They're the first yeah. people to go and whinge. Oh, I've had my house robbed. I've been robbed. This has happened. That's happened. Yeah. I didn't get this. They got this. All that crap. They're the first ones to whinge, but they're also the first ones to go and break the rules. Yeah. You know, so actually, why is it all right for them to carry on being little shits and everyone else having to look after them when actually they have no incentive to toe the line themselves? Yeah. Again, this isn't, this isn't, anything other than uh, a cultural and society thing. You know, it's becoming a cultural thing of just the police being seen as the bad, bad person. You see it in um, modern culture now within uh, music, fucking Beyonce doing the uh, Black Panther bollocks that she did before yeah. and all the other crap. It's, it's almost encouraged by the media and, and a popular culture to demonise police or any authority figure rather than actually looking up to them 
But again, you know, the media and these left left wings, these anarchists, these you know, marks everything else yeah. that, that they love to drive because it's an agenda. Actually, the agenda is going to come crashing down on them, and then they're going to be the first ones looking for law and order. Unfortunately, we've seen this through the history of our service, where um, where there isn't law and order creates a vacuum for law and order of some form. Um, you know, whether that's through extremism, uh, Sharia law, you know, any other um, alternative uh, law and order um, without it be creates a vacuum because people need it and they, they, yeah. uh, they need that around them. So everyone's asking for anarchy and everyone's asking for breaking the rules. Uh, what cost? And the cost yeah. is the fact that you no longer have the security, no one looking after you and your family. You know, exactly. Um, but you have to experience that to know it, don't you? You have to have, um, it helps a lot to have seen that firsthand. Like you tell these people that that's going to happen and that's how things need to be. Uh, but they don't believe you because they believe like the perfect version of it. They believe their own hype effectively. It's a, yeah. Yeah. You have to have a, a lot. I don't know, I suppose in the US, a lot of those people you see doing it in the US will not have left the US because that's just how Americans are. Not slagging Americans off, obviously. We love Americans. Um, but there's plenty of them who've never left their fucking town, let alone their country. Yeah. You know, well, it's so. ideals, isn't it? It's your champagne socialists. You, totally. You're, you're, you know, you've, you, you saw this as we talked about with the FCO. The FCO go to these shitholes and they're trying to put wells in the country and everything else like that. And they're trying to make everyone nice and happy when actually you know, these people have been existing for thousands of years without the fucking FCO's help. And the reason why there isn't a well there it's because they don't want a fucking well there. Yeah. You know, these sort of our ideals of, of champagne socialists and everyone just interfering with everyone else's uh, bullshit. I mean, we've seen it recently with the Black Lives Matter crap where essentially you've got um, middle class, um, you know, uh, milk, uh, students from a middle class family who are very protective in this nice little bubble yeah. talking about what black people, what black people need. You know, yeah. what the fuck do you know? Shut the fuck up. You know, exactly. You know, you, you, what you're actually doing is is create. I mean, I just I put a post up yesterday, Black History Month. What the fucking hell? Why can't we just call it History Month? You know, uh -huh. what surely that is another thing that's just creating divide amongst society by singling out people. Yeah. You know, I, the, the point I raised yesterday was. Whether if, if a race or an individual uh, is pertinent to the subject that you're actually talking about or it's, it's needed to ensure we uh, make changes to, uh, to our society so we don't make the same mistakes again and it's something that uh, gives us understanding of why we have the present, then yes, include it in history. But don't just add shit just because you want to feel people inclusive. Anyway, rant finished. Sorry. Uh, how's yeah. the kid? How's no, the kid? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was dirty, so I just ditched it. <laughs> just ditched it. <laughs> 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 Licks me okay, out. We'll I'm a bit, I'm a bit mate. I can't, I can't deal with the dirty things. 
<laughs> yeah, true. yeah. Basically, okay. babies are like young paratroopers in the arms of bootnecks. Yeah, hold on, mate. Gopping little thing, pit, though. Sit there, piss. swamping the soul, shitting the soul. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm just fucking, I'm twitching, mate. I'm like fucking buffing her about seven times a day. Should be ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The only, thing, the only thing a baby doesn't have is like a, I don't know, piss bucket or a piss bottle next to its bed. <laughs> just does it in its nappy. It's the only thing difference between a baby and a paratrooper. <laughs> That's actually less less crabby as well. Uh, <laughs> okay, Luke, we'll yeah. bring you back in with a question that is uh, kind of commando based. Okay, I mean, obviously it'll apply to me and Ben as well. But uh, the question is. Advice for a 20-year-old on how to break out of nine-to-five office work and join the commandos. Oh, mate. Um, fucking hell. Well, to be fair, I, I was probably not far off that. I think I was 20... What was that? Two, yeah, I was about 22, but I wasn't nine-to-five office-based. I was fucking carrying fucking bricks around and digging holes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think definitely you've just got to like, fully submerge yourself. I think not even if you just label it as just commando stuff. I mean, any sort of thing that you're going to go for is you've just got to fully submerge yourself and sort of ignore everyone around you. Um, especially in that sort of environment, you'll get a lot of people that sort of like playing it down or sort of look at, looking it down and saying, oh, you probably couldn't do that. And if anything, that probably drove, drove me more to do it. But mm-hmm. I even remember my fucking mum going, like, oh, fucking hell. She was like, I'll eat you alive. And that pissed me off. Yeah. And that probably like <laughs> made me push even further to do it. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, and she probably passed the commander course. Yeah, yeah. She was, she was, she was the OC, mate. She was, like, <laughs> she was like, there's no chance you're getting in there, fella. Yeah. <laughs> listen, you can't... You can't listen... Go on, mate. Go on. I'm saying that you can't listen... You can't listen to people. Because I think I have a similar thing. When I went to the careers office, I spoke about it on my live thing the other day, I think. Like, I was a late developer physically. I looked about 11 till I was about 21 and I and had a body to match. So cool. I walked yeah, into the fucking, well, exactly. I'm, I'm good to go now, mate. <laughs> but I walked into the careers office and said, I want to go power reg. And they just laughed at me. I started yeah. talking about some fucking, you know, the standard thing about how actually uh, the fucking, the King's Regiment parachute as well. You can go do, yeah, of course you can, mate. Yeah, that happens loads. That happens, happens loads. Yeah. yeah, so you, you can't listen to people. If you want to go and do something, go and do it. And it's you have to have that focus and, and want and drive to do it. That's like, it yeah. you, might, you might fail, but who cares? You, you'll know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I mean, playing yourself down as well. I, I was like, it's not me just going off now, but I was, sort of, I was the opposite. I played myself down. So I, was, I didn't know nothing about the military. I was never like, like a job I've always wanted to do. We hit a recession. There was no, yeah. no one was building houses. I was hanging out for cash. I was 22. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Enjoying enjoy my life on the night out and stuff. Um, uh-huh. And I was like, I need to sort this fucking shit out. Uh, so I was like, I'll just join the military. I think I heard some Webster's advert on the radio. It was about fucking being a matter and stuff. And I was just like, all I want to do is be fit, carry stuff, because that's what I'm doing as a civilian anyway. But I just want to carry stuff and be paid for it. So I literally yeah. walked in. I was like, just want, just want a manual sort of job, like in the fucking Navy, whatever. Good chance of bloke. And he was like, have you, have you ever thought about Royal Marines? And I was like, because I knew nothing about Royal Marines, I was just, had this fucking mad, like on the films and shit. And I was like, fucking yeah. behave. And he, if not, just pushed me towards that. Yeah. So again, I was like, like don't really play yourself down. Um, mm-hmm. 
Because so yeah, when it when turned for like the fitness tests and stuff, I was there thinking, fuck it, I'm going to be nowhere near some of these blokes. And some of the fucking sackers scrams that were fucking turning up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, fuck it, I'm actually, I don't know why, yeah. So, um, yeah, sort of like the opposite to that as well. Uh, don't play yourself down. But again, like you said about failures and stuff, like, fucking hell. I had a few failures in my career, like, but it's only now that I'm sort of looking at, back at that going, well, I can actually get some positives out of that now. Totally. Um, but I think, I wasn't scared to fail. Yeah, I failed, but fucking, yeah. at, least, at least I've had a go. It's not like, I'll, I'll never wanted to look back and go, fucking hell, what if, or I could have done this. Or exactly. maybe I should have tried. Yeah, I tried and it didn't happen. But how old, sorry, how old was that guy, Gaz? 20. So, so that's what I was going to say, Luke. The thing is, I joined at 19. You know, like you, Luke, I did a little bit before I joined. Yeah. The thing is, at the age of 20, you can go and do it and see if it's for you. Yeah. And if it's not for you, then you can go back to doing anything you want. You, mm-hmm. you talk about not, not being afraid to fail. Exactly that. Take these opportunities while you've got the opportunities in front of you and get out of the office if you want to and go and join the Marines. Go do it for a few years. Come back, you know, or, or whatever you want to do. To be fair, joining at 20, so I talked about before, you might even have some advantages over the people you're joining with. Because you've so. got a bit of life yeah. experience as well. Yeah, definitely. I think that life experience, I think, you, you could tell, just go, when I was going through training and stuff, It's you could tell the blokes that were, I think we've mentioned it before, like the 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds that have come straight mm-hmm. from school, straight from college, whatever. And then the blokes that are sort of like early 20s, I mean, fucking hell, you go through training, there's blokes that are like late 20s, touching 30. And you can, do, you can tell the difference just because that, that little bit of life experience, a bit of like being a bit more streetwise, um, they just sort of seem to stand out a bit more. And I think knowing that I've been a CV for four or five years, as in working to earn a fucking wage, is I knew it was on the other side. So again, mm-hmm. when things got hard or like lads early on in the career and lads like, oh, fuck this, I'm just, I might put my chit in. It's like, it's not as easy in Civil Street as you think it is. Mm-hmm. Like the grass no, is totally. And because you've lived both, then you can, you've got more of an argument for yourself and you're like, well, I've, I've lived Civil Street, I've lived the military, what's going to be work for me next? I know what that can give me and I know what that can give me. Yeah, I found that when I came back in. Because obviously I, I, went, I was 17 when I joined the first time. Five yeah. years in two bar, got out six years bumming around at uni and doing bits and bobs. Yeah. Um, but when I went back in, I found exactly the same thing. When the young lads were fucking moaning about their job, basically, because even if the coolest job in the world, you still moan because that's that's human nature. But yeah. I was I, I would be able to tell them like, come on, it's fucking Buxedis. Trust me, <laughs> this, this, this is a, a yeah. mega job. <laughs> you're literally you know? you're taking a fucking wager some days. Yeah. But that's think, that's life. That's life in the military, isn't it? Like one minute you're fucking fighting for your life, and it's fucking shit. And next minute you're being paid to drink tea and watch Jeremy Kyle. Yeah, it's, it's the winner. Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, like yeah, that's what I mean. Don't get exactly. me wrong. Like, the, the days you graft, like fuck me, you're getting underpaid, isn't you? And you're thinking, yeah. this is shit. I'm not getting paid enough to do this. And then other yeah. days you're thinking, I've I've done fuck all this month. Exactly. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I've just sat 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 down and just fucking started a company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then over, over in the sketch is like I haven't slept for five days, I'm hanging out. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so what else have we got here? Okay. Thoughts on what respect means to each of you and if being military has changed that view. Okay. That's quite interesting. Um 
what respect means to each other. I mean, I'll, I'll sort of go first. It's just, it just comes down to not being a cunt, doesn't it? It's like respect. Like there's a, there is a, people talk about how, you know, some people say respect is earned. Some people say you should just respect everybody. I like, but there's levels. So every, with me, when I meet somebody, everybody gets baseline respect until you prove you're a cunt. And at that point, I, my respect for you goes down the toilet slightly. And, you know, but that's, it's my opinion. I'm entitled to it. It's not like I'm arbiter of who is a good cunt or not. But you, you tend to respect people more, I think, when they're good at things you're not maybe or they've done things that you haven't or aspire to do um, or things that you just you, you couldn't do. That, your respect for people goes up then. And you can use that to bring yourself on. Um, but I think the idea of respect just being, you can, you can lose it very quickly by just doing something fucking stupid. And it's down to you then to bring it back with people, not necessarily, you know, you know it's, it's something that can be affected very uh, easily by your actions and what you do. So, but I don't think military is, has changed much of that for me yeah that's a that's a, just a human thing isn't it i think it depends on um what you like previously so maybe if you were again going back to the age thing if you sort of straight out of school and go straight into it then it could teach you respect but i think well that how i was brought up anyway is always sort of respect your elders so even if someone uh-huh. was like a year older two year two years older you'd always respect them just because they're older as a bit uh-huh. of that, as a bit of a natural rank structure so yeah. It wasn't much, it wasn't that hard for me to, yeah, probably getting told a bit firmly what to do as opposed to getting asked what to do. Yeah. That was a bit of a wake up call or a bit of a bit of a change. But I think, me personally, I think because I was older, the respect thing was always there just from my mm. upbringing. Yeah. Uh, as a bit of a natural, natural respect for people. Yeah. You with us, Ben? Yeah, yeah. I'm just just thinking that, you know, without kind of stealing your buzzword and, and using it again, you are your actions. I think I think, res- one day. I, I think yeah, I think I think respect is exactly that. I think it's absolutely how you are perceived uh to other people. You know, how can you how can you imprint whatever it is you're doing, whether it's you're working for someone or they're working for you, how can you imprint that day? by your actions you know that's kind of how i see it uh you know i've been lucky to have grown up in homes where we've had an authoritative figure within those homes uh whatever that looked like to put us in the right path and give us the right you know fundamentals but i think as you get older it's about it's about imprinting it's about making sure that you you leave whatever situation you're you're in at the best of your abilities. You are exactly as you as you clearly say yeah. as you are your action. Uh, really, I think you're breaking you up. You can then. almost see sometimes when you can be a little bit fake, where you can give more attention to maybe the most famous person in the room, the most influential person in the room, the most influential person to. Yeah, um, so I don't know where I got to then, but I was just. Just saying that sometimes I think you you can sometimes by mistake um, give more time and more effort to the most influential person in the room. Um, 
you do that sometimes without knowing it because obviously you've got your own mission or your own agenda to push. But I think it's at those moments you need to kind of take a step back and realize that actually the person who probably needs your attention and your respect and the respect that on them is probably not the most important person in the room. Um, and, and again, it comes down to, and I'll just use it once more, is, you know, you are absolutely your actions, mate. Roger, that's the, definitely the most we've ever used that in one episode. That's like going to be five by now, but there you go. <laughs> right, here's one that uh, there's not a fucking chance that we can answer. You're asking the wrong people. Currently in basic training, best advice and also, well, actually, I didn't read that properly. So best advice for basic training, that's an easy one. He also said, and any advice for ironing kit, I'm shit. Now, you are absolutely asking the wrong people there. <laughs> any advice or what? Actually, yeah. What, for ironing? ironing? Yeah, fucking hell, mate. Bootneck, mate. That's all we fucking did for 32 weeks, mate. Well, you crack on then. <laughs> <laughs> commando and courses. Just, mate, and commando courses to basic for... training as well, so. <laughs> oh, here we go. Furthest <laughs> <laughs> away from dying, mate. Sorry, so. Luke. There you go. Is it hard to iron on a ship, Luke? <laughs> Furthest away from dying. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now, mate? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. Jen, ironing bit, ironing bit, fucking hairspray, hairspray inside, and then iron it on top. And you get your pusses, your pusses crease, mate, and it'll fucking stay in, or starch, and it'll stay in even through washes. So mate, you, you are letting, letting the core it. down, even answering that question. No, it's not. That's helping be the more... core, mate. That's They'll like, be proud that's, of that. That's giving, more, that's giving me more time to have do press ups and have dobies. <laughs> <laughs> Thus leading to uh, better career and more bug ups. So, yeah. Uh, fair it's well. all about okay. lining them sleeves as high up as you possibly can. Oh, yeah, fun. we need biceps for that, though. Yeah. That's where the press ups come in. More time. Ah, uh, there you go. It's, it's the, uh, <laughs> the boot network life. So, the other one was like basic. Basic training, best advice. Now, for me, basic training, best advice is dead simple. Turn up and do as you're told. It's that simple. Like, you don't need, like, sometimes people want you to think, but generally, you don't need to think. You just need to, they'll make you aware of the line. Just make sure you're over that line. It's that simple. Um, if you turn up with your own ideas and try and fucking, uh, Half the time when you try and get ahead of the game with stuff, you're actually fucking up. And you, you'll get a fucking bad name for yourself maybe by just being a gobby cunt or you can push that too far. Like later in your career, you'll need to think for yourself. And at, towards the end of training, you probably will have to start thinking for yourself a little bit and they'll tell you to do that. But basic training, turn up and just do exactly what you're told. <laughs> Ted simple. Stay pussy, stay safe. Like you said, exactly. get told how to do it and do exactly that. Once you pass that, then you can start fucking cutting yeah. your bits of kit up and buying stuff off fucking eBay and fucking all that sort of yeah. shit. But yeah, stay pussy, stay safe. Who does Natty say what unit he's in? So that'd be interesting. I'm trying to have a look at his profile picture, but he, uh, <laughs> I can't see. But yeah, like, I don't know. That's only the basic, basic training that we're talking about. Maybe there's some sort of, maybe depending on what unit you go into, there's a different bit of advice, but I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you got anything to add to that, Ben? If you, yeah, if you, need, any, if you need any boots, uh, Ben's selling some boots. There you go. Yeah. Are you doing a bullying service as well, Ben? 
What the fuck is a bull in service? Oh, I can, I can spin you a bit about that. Fucking, you are embarrassing yourself today. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, let's hear it. <laughs> nah, Jim, nah, I haven't got no, I've got no bull in bits. Oh, Mate, it's nice to have a dip rather than fucking Ben's black cat in us all the time. Stare <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, like, I, I, from my time within the army cadets, I have epic bullying skills because basically that's all you're allowed to do. You just, I, I mean, to be, I'm not a good ironer, but I can bull a boot. You know. Silverman, uh, a Silverman cloth. I remember that. A Silverman cloth or they would, yeah, not a J cloth, like a Silverman cloth. And yeah. I think we used to like a little bit of, wash it with a bit of soap and hot water. And I think they do them at like, I can't remember where they sell them. They used to sell them in our, uh, back in our day in uh, Deborah's. Yes. So if you remember yeah. that. And, uh, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't, I think the only time I had to ever pull a, my boots was um, D&Ds, which is our um, Lance Corporal course, yeah. uh, which was just, you know, had its place. Mate, right, 20, 20 quid pack of biscuits, go down the armour and some cunt will fucking spray them. Fucking yeah. God. That's the breaking yeah. of rules, though. You can't do that. What was that What was that spray they used to put on? What's it called? That's clear. Spray, that's clear, that's it. Clear, yeah. yeah. Used to go no, blue in the rain, didn't it? Exactly. And that's, there's your issue. Yeah. I actually, to be fair, the last time I bought boost was actually at SPSG. Yeah. Just, that's how, that's how early that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had some parade we were doing. I can't remember what it was. And if I think I got myself off the parade, but some of the blokes were flapping, so I you had this fucking screw pulling the uh, boots of the blokes. Kind of a nice, I'm a nice guy. Uh, there you go. Well, I suppose right, you else? have got that strong right hand wrist, don't you? Oh, come on, mate. Right, this, nice. uh, this podcast's gone downhill, mate. It's gone It started off with like Ben spinning bits about like cutting food calf and stuff, and then now it's gone to like. Yeah. Ironing and fucking bowling boots. That's true. I think like this is the worst episode we've ever done. But that's, yeah, that, that's, that's <laughs> so. I I got a couple of questions that came through, and I sent it through yesterday. Uh, yeah. Conscious that um, I think from my background, I'm certainly not uh, happy about answering some of them, um, just because um, um, I think sometimes there's a certain amount of stuff that as ex-military guys you sh- you shouldn't expose publicly yeah um it doesn't mean that you know that we probably haven't read the question and we haven't looked at it and understood it but i think when it comes to anything to do with tactics or um strategic uh information yeah. then i'm afraid I'm, I'm not keen on answering any of those questions yeah i've got a couple here that i was just like do you really yeah, think we're going to answer know. that no fucking hell come on screw it up yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Where okay, you got? What else you got? Uh, let's have a look. There's loads. Of, there's a couple on like charities and PTSD, and it's just like I just don't want to talk about that because I'm I'm kind of bored of it, in a way. And that's that, that maybe sounds a bit bad, but it, the questions are like, um, there's obviously thousands of. Uh, it's like a cottage industry where veteran charities should they have that or should they have like two or three large centralized ones? That's one question. And the other one was, why so many charities for PTSD and no one getting help? Um, but I, I, like that second one there, people are getting help, aren't they? You know, it, it's, you can't say people aren't getting help because they are getting help. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it, I think the help. I think the problem when the help comes is when who, who are you actually helping? You are helping the CEOs of those charities 
or you're actually helping the the beneficiaries of the charities. That's where it leads. But you know, that's the job of the um, the charity, whatever they're called. You know, the people who uh, who yeah. obviously uh, keep tabs on the charities. That's their job, and it's ensure yeah. their job gets done well. I mean, it's not in their interest to keep opening up new charities. It's in their okay. interest to ensure that decent charities are getting run. Because at the end of the day, the only one who's missing out on it from from that board it would be the government losing the tax money and everything else so it wouldn't be in the government's interest to keep popping up uh bucksy fucking charities but so the problem um, that you have with that i think everybody thinks they can do better so everyone wants to get this charity status because they look around and go well i don't like the way that's being run i can do this better and i that's a that is it it's like a, a noble thought that's that's the nice way of it's a good way of thinking but I think one of the reasons these charities get the way they do is because that's just how you end up. You end up with, uh, I don't know. It's like it's kind of like with politicians. Politicians, some get politicians go in with the right idea and they generally want to have and do the right thing, and they get caught up in the system and the way it works, and they get fucked over and just have to change. And we don't like the way they look from the outside. I think that's probably the same with the larger charities, yeah. but. Yeah, like I mean, we, I know I personally, and we spoke about this before, but I personally like the idea of doing small local stuff purely because you can see, may to be, that's where stuff's going. The oversight is better in a way. Uh, but yeah. It's There's a justification all, yeah. of the funds, though. It's like these boots. Yeah. You know, we, we, we do procurement for the anti poaching industry. I don't want to mix donating boots with stuff that I'm actually selling, uh, nor do I want to receive cash. People are like, oh, can we send you cash? But no, because I've got to justify where it, it's where that money's going. So yeah. it's all about the justification about where those funds are spent. Going back a little bit from the, from this piece, I also think sometimes it becomes a fucking pit, some of these charities where you've got people who were once beneficiaries, who, yes, they may be in a good position to help others, but really, are they actually helping themselves? Are they actually breaking the mold uh, that they that's been created either for them or by themselves? Are they actually breaking away from that and getting back into society? No, they're not. They're just wallowing in the charity in that space, getting yeah. a pretty easy good, a pretty easy time, as opposed to getting back into society and contributing. Yeah, like you, not always. Obviously, not always. No, no, no. Like it's um, if you go ahead to come in before I jump back in, Luke. No, no. Um, hey, Roger. Um, if you talk to anyone who's actually worked at the sharp end of the charity stuff, you will get them, if you can get them to be completely honest with you, a lot of them get burnt out. I know quite a few people who've been absolutely yeah. burnt out by really trying to navigate this system. And that's not just looking upwards. That isn't just looking up at trying to get you know help and funding or whatever. It's looking down at the people who you are supposed to be helping. And there are, there, you have to be honest about this. There are different groups of people. There are people who are genuinely in the shit, know they're in the shit and fucking need help. And they take help and all they want to do is get well. And they get the help that they need and then they go back into normal life as best they can. They might have to come back in the future. You know, they have to tap in, tap out just for a bit of support. But they really, truly want to just get this fucking dealt with so they can get on with their lives. But you also, and, you know, call me a cunt if you like, but I'm just, all I'm doing is regurgitating 
what I've heard from people who actually work in this this industry. There are people who aren't that interested in getting well. They're interested in what they can get out of the system. They're um, charity tourists. Well, absolutely, in a way, yeah. But it's, there's, well, what, there's two what we sides this to week? We're, we're, we're horseback riding. Okay, cool. What are we doing next week? I'm skiing. What am I doing this week? I'm going to fucking hell. They're getting yeah. the life of fucking Raleigh, bouncing from one charity to another. Well, totally that does exist. That is a thing. And um, I think and the some people are happy because they got to spend the money. Well, yeah, you know, it's it's a, it's it's a very muddy place, but that's just it's just human nature. Like all veterans or whatever talk about veterans because that's what we are. But all veterans aren't good people. You know what I mean? You don't just because you went and served your country does not make you a good person. It makes you you somebody was willing to sacrifice at one point. That's great. You know, full respect to that. However, it doesn't mean you're a good guy. You know, you have it, you may have it in you to get out, go, what the fuck have I done here? I've fucked my life off. I've made some poor life choices. Oh shit. Well, maybe I've got PTSD and uh, that, I'm, you know, this depression and anxiety I'm feeling isn't because I've made some fucking poor life choices like everybody else does on Civvy Street, like all people do in life. Fucking life's hard. Uh, oh, actually, I might have PTSD. And they'll go milk the system and suckle on, suckle on that fucking nipple. You know, and that's, be honest. Like, you know that happens. We probably all know people who fucking that has happened to. It's not everybody, but they're the people who are draining the resources from the people who genuinely need it and give us all a fucking bad name. Yep, here, here. <laughs> you coming in sick, Luke? Oh mate, I got I got snags from that one. <laughs> mate, we're supposed to send you on a fucking horse ride, mate. Yeah, I could do, <laughs> I could do some uh, decompression and a uh, horse riding and sit around the campfire. Yeah. It's a it's a hard one to talk about. It is hard because it requires home truths. It requires us to be honest, and it's not. It's difficult to be honest, so people don't want to do it. You know, it's you. I guarantee you there will be people who will send me a shitogram after this little sort of mini rant that we've done and say, you know, oh, I, I thought you were about supporting veterans. I thought you were supporting this. How does this support the community? Are you talking like that? You know, it's a, well, I actually think that that does support the community by being honest about the state of affairs with this stuff because it's fucking important. We do have a section of our uh, community who are fucking poor me victims, you know, and originally maybe they didn't have a reason for that. Yeah, well, that's human nature, you know? And all they're interested in is slacking off people who are trying to help them because they don't feel like they got helped enough. You know, the help is out there. I'm not saying it's it's uh, easy to get to all times. I, I know the system is not perfect, but you do not help yourself by just being one of these fucking miserable cunts who is on social media moaning and attacking everybody who's trying to help. There's some really good charities out there and, uh, that, do that do help and speaking to people that have actually gone through that process as well and they've done all that stuff that we were just sort of like tongue-in-cheek joking about but it yeah. generally does help them but like you said, there's people Agreed. that Agreed. do it, need it and it works for them and then they're like, yeah, that's me and there's people that just fucking cut around going, right, who can give me what? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Right, let, let's fucking pull the pin from that one. Uh, get them a set of bounce. <laughs> let's fucking float down safely. Right, let's have a look. What else have we got here? 
Would Seg and Co set up events like Tough Mudder? Uh, me personally, no. Ben, who the fuck knows? Anything's possible with Ben. Uh, contact Coffee, I don't know. You answer me. Um, intri- uh, actually, there is <laughs> something going on with. Um, so cool. there's actually um, a military uh, side, veteran side to the Spartan races opening up very soon. Uh, so after this COVID bollocks finishes, um, there is like a hero series of uh, Spartan races. It was really popular in America. Uh, and a good friend of mine, uh, an old colleague, uh, an old an old friend of yours, actually, Gaz, as well. Uh, he'll be running it. Um, and hopefully the first one might be, I don't know, it's, it's up in the area, but might be around Salisbury area. Um, so, yeah. So some really good bits and pieces going on there. I had, uh, I had a DM yesterday uh, about potentially this I think then so I'll speak to you later okay okay so yeah <laughs> but, by, the sound, <laughs> by the sounds of it yeah <laughs> that's it that's, that's all that way doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk your shit uh, what else have we got is there anything else here ba da ba which one eh right, I don't know what's going on there somebody's a gibberish what's wrong with these people what foods did you each crave but couldn't get your hands on whilst on tour? Um, I'll answer this question. Because of the uh, the sort of lucky environment that most of us got to work with for a, some, a, a fair few of our tours, I'd be quite well looked after. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure we've done some shitty stuff, but we've also done some quite cushy stuff when you're not working. Uh, yeah, I, I mine was cream scones. And I... Uh, where we were based out of CAF, um, we we brought a couple of chefs up with us because the timings that we were working didn't sync in with like normal uh, scoff house hours. Uh, so we brought our own chefs up and these, these chefs were amazing. They pulled it right out of the bag, managed to secure some other funding to get food up. We were doing like roast dinners on the weekend, other bits and pieces, really good stuff. But I craved cream scones, right? So what I did is I played the chefs off against each other and I, and I was like, who could make the best cream scones out of you two? So I what guess. we end up having up on a Sunday, they would end up having a cream scone off about who can make the fucking best cream scones. And obviously chief taster here. Fucking <laughs> got, got, got to get cream scones. So uh, yeah, ways and means as, a, as opposed to some little fucking shit chef who's telling you you got one choice uh, one choice only. But yeah, you're right. Um, I think the three of us have been lucky to basically eat whatever we want uh, and, and and have the pick of, uh, yeah. you know, and again, that's that's the branches you choose and, and we, we chose well. Um, choose your trade. So yeah. 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 Picky branch. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, lived it pretty crusty in the past few years, but I think on the Herrick, it was, again, it was half decent compared to some of the early Herricks, uh, blokes living on fucking corned beef hash yeah. for fucking six months. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I think it was just normal craving thing was like just having a normal meal like fucking like a Nando's shit like that it's just a bit of normality Domino's is probably the biggest one that people crave mm. just having a big fucking dirty Domino's yeah well yeah okay. but, um, have we got anything else this, okay here you go this isn't really a question it's just someone who's, who's, who's playing the funnies why do lesbians masturbate with dildos instead of plastic cunts well, because it fucking because it fits because it fits the hole, obviously. Like, you know what I mean? Because you, because you can't service every lesbian, Gaz. Oh, come on. 
<laughs> oh, what else have we got? I think we're pretty much done here. Um, yeah, somebody I, I said one about... Oh, job, yeah. I, I can see you smiling. Um, what if... Yeah, somebody asked me about standards on uh, parachute regiments and whether they thought it had changed. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I saw that one. It's a good, good question. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't answer people, it. I'm, I'm well out of the game, mate. Yeah. People change, don't they? And systems changes. Like, you have to trust... The, I think the, the main one there is you have to trust the staff. The staff know it's their job to know whether someone has it in them to do, be able to do this stuff. And that's what they're paid for. Like, yes, there are lines that you have to get to in order to to pass. But the staff, even though they hate you and they want to make you suffer, they also want to get good people into their battalions. So maybe the fact that you're some people have a hard time is because they can see it in you and they're just trying to get it out of you. Um, I don't, I don't think standards have particularly changed. Like the, the level of is always there. You can't have a change in standards, but I think sometimes the way that they get you to those standards has probably changed. Um, yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I suppose you don't really talk about P Company. P Company, when I was there, was quite rigid. I was lucky that the staff that we had there was incredibly rigid and we were all, none of us were career people and... We were all like shit stains in a way. Like none of us really wanted to go there. We just got sent there for various reasons. Um, mine, because I'd like a med qual that they needed. I didn't want to go at all. But when we got there, we had a bit more of a fuck off attitude about people trying to, because you always get pressure from above to try and pass more people because it looks good on some fucking officer's uh, record. You won't get the credit for it. But we were quite lucky that we took delight in fucking those people off and only passing people who were genuinely good enough. Um, but you might find somebody who, you might see a, a, a Joe who, that's obviously what, for people who don't know, that's what we call pressure regiment recruits. You might see a Joe who's mega fit and is finding this stuff super easy, but is an absolutely shit soldier and the system hasn't allowed them to be gotten rid of yet, but they get found out on P Company, you know? There's, there's always a way of getting rid of turds who shouldn't be there. Um, yeah. And like, you might get people who is a very good soldier, but struggles physically. Like I, when I was in depot, I was a decent enough soldier, but I, as I've mentioned previously, I was basically a child trying to pass I, I, the body of a child. And I found some of the stuff fucking hard. It's true. I, I need to dig out a picture. because It's disgusting. <laughs> I found I found some of the stuff hard, you know. P Company. By the time it wasn't so bad when I, by the time I got to P Company, but Depot physically I found very very difficult. But I I got through the system because it was recognised that oh he's actually a bad bloke, you know he's probably he can probably do this. We just need to fucking uh, give him a slap in the right way, you know. But yeah, you have to trust the staff to be able to do this. So the standards don't change. I don't think you just have different methods of getting the same product and upholding those those standards. Yeah. I think that's all of them. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. What else is going down? Anyone got anything else to, else to talk about before we uh, cut away? Um, I've, got, I've got one on that last bit. Is I, um, Go on. So I, I went to the career office and they told me, because I was going to join the Royal Marines initially, 
best mate was jo- uh, a lad called Ian Clark, who I went to military school with, joined the Paris. And always at school, it was like, you join the Paris, I'll join the Marines. And I went to uh, the recruiting depot and I got chinned off by a Navy officer who said I was essentially too small to join the Marines. Um, so um, I went and became a horrible, dirty student for a little while, uh, which I wasn't even very good at that. And I then went to the careers office again and went to join the Reg. Got again told I was too small. Why don't I join 7RHA or something or one of these other sort of units? Uh, no, the rifles, I think, was actually, they were trying to get, you know, whatever they were called back in those, no, Royal Anglians, I think it was, they were trying to get, doesn't matter. And then we went to depot. And then, you know, you talk about the standards and everything else. I had a couple of really good DS um, in depot, some really, really good DS. I had a couple of fucking belters. And uh, I got dragged out of my bed about two o'clock in the morning by one bloke who, uh, and I was the smallest guy, the smallest guy in, in depot power. I got dragged out of my bed about two o'clock in the morning, head-butted and punched in the neck by a drunken screw that decided to come onto the lines. Mm-hmm. And the next day, he, he's there and he's pissed his pants and everything. He's like, you don't fucking like me, do you, Garwood? And I was like, no, Corporal, I don't like you. And as I said that, the platoon sergeant, who I absolutely massively respect, a bloke called Steve Evans, um, he walked past in the background and winked at me uh, and then went into the office. And uh, essentially, he gripped this this screw and said, "You touch Garwood again, I'll, I'll break your fucking legs." And so there, there's in depot there were screws who absolutely held the the standard, and they knew what they wanted. And there was that reeducation. And then there was obviously screws who were just shits, and they were posted there because they were they they wanted them out of battalion. Um, I think generally the standards will always be set by those people who come from battalion who are respected in battalion, who want to see how that battalion evolves and grows so i don't think there's necessarily a bible uh that basically says that or, or a, a ten commandments written in stone this is how it's going to be i think you've got to have an evolution uh, of of people certainly with the ses years ago it was more about being fit and a big solid cunt you know uh, and these days it's more about a thinking soldier uh, so the evolution has to change and the standards and selection has to change you know so but um yeah, uh, the core element of the bloke is is always, and the mindset is always the same. You know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's my dip. You got anything on that, Luke? Nah, just just talk as we're sick, mate. And uh, I got quite a good dip from this week. Um, sure, then. So basically, fucking hell. There we go. So we finally managed to get the trailer, running the trailer out, as I mentioned, uh, for the army clay pigeon, uh, army clay shooting team. Yeah. Um, invited us down. Uh, to uh, Barbary, um, which is fucking mega. So the first first hurdle we got to is obviously I was fucking typing into Google search Bunbury. So I was like, oh, mega, it's fucking, it's an hour away. I can fucking get my pit out at seven. Obviously prepping the night before, I thought I'll just double check that fucking address. Obviously it was, uh, was Barbary, which is the other side of the country, and two and a, two and a half hours away. So straight away, I was like, fucking, here we go. So obviously, zero five is valid for me. <laughs> Cut, cutting down there, I pre- like prior to this, like, have we, you know, we've got power, we've got this, this, and this. Definitely got power. Yeah, cool. Like, just confirmed, we've got power. It's still on because of the COVID stuff. Yeah, good to go, hoofing. Turned up, obviously, rocked up at half eight. Um, <sighs> yeah, we're drawing us there. Like, where, have we got power? No power. Right, moving. Like, where's the posing the clothes and you're there like that? Right, fucking, that was thirty meters away. The cable we've got's like twenty. Right, moving. Luckily, fucking, had a 
bought a generator a few months ago. I was like, okay, I'll just chuck that in the van just in case. Yeah. I like saying, Macca, go and get some fucking fuel on that and I'll just fucking start prepping everything. So I like prepping, good to go. By this time, it's fucking nine, half past nine. Yeah. Like, hoofing. Comes back, like, fucking, let's get this generator working. It wasn't fucking working. Both of us stood there scratching our heads and that. Like, put the fuel in, like, by this time, you've uh, attracted a bit of attention. Uh, there's, there's some, like, fucking Remy blokes there that are part of the shooting team. So there's uh, people are coming over just trying to give us a hand on that. Well, have you done this? Have you done that? Right, like, battery's not connected. Who think? Right, like, have a little laugh about that. Connect the battery. Right, let's go. It's good to go. Right, like, it's not fucking working. Keep going, keep going. This bloke's looking at it, like, obviously all over. It's like, it's a fuse, this, this and this. And I'm just stood there with the instructions, like, thinking, I ain't got a fucking clue what this, like, where the head of arse this fucking generator is. It's like, oh, fucking hell, scratching our heads and that. It's like, it's, but it is, it's definitely diesel, isn't it? It's like, well, yeah, it's fucking, it's called a 5000D and it's fucking painted red. Obviously, I get to page 10 and there's a big fucking <laughs> word that says fucking unleaded. Oh, for fuck's sake. You know, you know, you just stare at someone. I'm looking at you going, for fuck's sake. And I was like, oh, no, it's fucking petrol. And we are just like, oh, hoofing. So we've just fucking denied the fucking generator. I spent like 700 quid on. So I was just like, fucking, I bang my that. By this time, it's like nearly 10 o'clock. And I'm just like, oh, I'm, just getting, I'm getting in the van. I'm fucking off now. Can we get, trying to work out if we can get some power in that? Oh, yeah, we'll just fucking run an extension cable and we'll just daisy train it. Hoofing. So we could have done that from the very start. Finally get power. Fucking, right, let's get go fucking going. Let's get the coffee machine on and that. Turn the coffee machine on. Nothing. Absolutely dead. Oh, you're fucking shitting me. There's literally one button on, off, on, off. Not working. Fucking hell. So I'm ringing the coffee company that we've spent like a couple of grand on this coffee machine going, yeah, it's Luke. The coffee machine's not turning on. They're like, like, who the fuck's Luke? Like, what's... Like, yeah, the coffee machine's not turning on. Like, okay, is it plugged in? Yes, it's fucking plugged in. Of course it's plugged in. Look underneath. I just see a lone plug. And I'm, like, I'm like, I'll give you a call back in a minute. Fucking, obviously plug it in that. Turns on, right, who think? Right, let's get a fucking coffee going for it. Bang a coffee through it. It just fucking come through like piss water, like absolutely dog shit. Ring up, like coffee machine's not working. Like, is it on? Yeah. Like, when did you turn it on? Like, fucking a minute ago. Like, it takes about 45 minutes to warm up. Sound. So, setting all up and stuff. By the time we finally get set up, it's probably half 11. Bear in mind, I've been up since fucking zero five. I was ready to get back in the van, ditch the trailer on the fucking M5 somewhere, and just fuck off. Um, but yeah, we finally got up and running, probably running for about four hours, and then uh, turned out actually pretty good show. Got to meet uh, loads of people. Like, uh, majority of people had heard about us, so they just wanted to come over, have a chat, have a wet. Um, there's a few people that weren't aware of us. Um, and yeah, just generally good networking. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, uh, older blokes there that would obviously come towards the end of the career, so they were setting up some other stuff. So a few business cards are handed out and stuff like that. So, But all in all, it was good. But it's just, like Nick was saying, it's like you've got to make the mistakes to fucking get the allies. Else, if you don't, yeah. If you don't get any allies, then... You're just going to keep doing it as you're doing. So the next show, we'll fucking, we're good to go. Um, and there's a generator for sale, 300 pounds. Sold us in. What you experienced there, Luke, is what it's like to be an SAS bloke talking to an enabler. <laughs> you know, absolute clip. Trying like, to make I'm, something work. I know, but mate, I was the enabler, so fucking J6, I'm fucking like square up. Even the night before, everything's fully charged, 100%, 100%, like double check it, triple check it, go for it, it works, test, 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 and another test. That was another thing. As soon as I had all the coffee machines, good to go. Open the laptop up, the iPad up, 4%. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I can't, even, I can't even fucking enable, mate. 
I was fucking fuming. But yeah. Mate, I feel you. I've been there, Luke. Uh, I know exactly the same thing. We're, we've done it before where um, we turned up and we've had cables going out all over the place. Oh, turned out there's an emergency cutoff switch that just hadn't been popped the whole day. It's just a lick in it. You know, the yeah. thing is what you, a lot of it comes down to pride as well. Cause you want to, you want to turn up and show that you got the goods. You want to turn up and show that, you know, you yeah, can run a decent like fucking thing. And that, yeah. And it just looked yeah. like a bag of scrum, mate. There's like fucking loads of blokes helping us set up a Jenny and then, I slow, I slowly whisper. Go, yeah. Was, uh, we've put fucking days on it. <laughs> like fuck it. I was like, keep that fucking quiet, lads. A lot of free coffees were getting put around. So put it that way. <laughs> no. Okay. Where are we? Should we suck it? Should we suck it? I think hardly yeah. the fun. Yeah. Bit like to come an hour, right? Yeah. We'll leave cool. it at that. Anyone got anything to uh, coming up this week? Anything? Luke, do you want to go first, mate? Uh, nothing specific this week. Uh, again, got loads of product stuff in the line, likely to come out realistically in November, uh, just in time for Christmas and stuff. Uh, yeah, I'll let it out of the bag. We're working on the Christmas blend as well, so hopefully that should be out next month, which is pretty cool. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing particular this this month, this week. Cool, Ed. Um, potentially looking at. Uh, uh, Facebook HR 4K Christmas Market. Uh, just conscious that we haven't been able to do the Veteran Business Day. Um, and obviously we were hoping to do a, a, a business uh, a Christmas market for spouses with their own little artisan companies. Uh, obviously we can't do that now. So we're probably going to look to do... Um, an online Christmas market, which I think we'd like to do, where essentially what we do is invite loads of people who've got all their own businesses and it's free to them to just come on and just post products and share and everything else. And it's just kind of help, hopefully trying to bring the communities together and share uh, share the love. It's Christmas. So like, if I understand how that was going to work from that fucking WhatsApp message we got, it's basically, if you're interested in this, you tap Ben up, he gives you admin rights, you fucking you, you slip him some silver and he get he lets you post all his fucking all your products onto their page. That's basically uh, it. Yeah, no no longer slipping me silver. Uh oh, right. it'll be it'll be free. It'll be free. So they, they get in touch with me uh when we open it and run it and um get admin rights to then post uh post products and, and do bits and pieces. Uh and we're we'll right. just gonna do the first one free, see how it goes. Coolio, okay, happy with that. Um, what have I got? Shorts. There you go. So finally, after a fucking about a year, uh, I think our shorts are going to be here in about a week. So we'll uh, look out for them. I'm probably going to drop them next month. We'll see how this month goes. If I feel real sad, that I don't feel like I've had a successful enough month of my dropping this month. But it'll probably be next month. And they're good. Like I've been testing them for nearly a year now. Um, like, like, uh, yeah. Good happy with them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Still, I still want to fuck them up. Like it's the first thing that we probably I've like designed and proper made. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to like make sure it was right, and it's basically like being naked. It's mega. Like you don't even know you've got them on. They're so like lightweight and flexible. Um, yeah. Sexy. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. I'll send you some down. We've got some. Uh, Will you? Are they, oh. So what are they? Are they? Um, are they like uh, uh, what you call it? Um, like those little? Yes. Are they silkies? Are they? Uh, 
no, no, no. They're, they're like CrossFit style stuff. So, oh, are they? Yeah, Long, longer shots. Yeah, there's someone. It, it's actually weird. So, I forget, my little mini rabbit hole, but the sizing. I've, I've, there's like three different sizes that fit me depending on what I'm doing. So like when I'm running, I can wear like a medium or a small if I want them to be up. And because they're so stretchy, it works. You know, I can still, you know, fit and it's all fine. But if I'm doing CrossFit, I might wear like a medium or a large. So depending on what, I'm not saying buy fucking three pairs, but there's a bit of flex with the sizing depending on what you mainly do it for. So it's quite what about, good. What about Sunday dinner? Can you wear them for Sunday dinner? <laughs> Will they stretch over my gut for Sunday? Almost, cer- almost certainly. Yeah, there's a yes. yeah. So they're going to come. They're very sort of simple and basic, but uh, yeah, they've been working on it for a while. So they're going to come in the next few weeks. Uh, got a couple of new shirts. I'm just basically toying with when I'm going to drop them. Uh, might be next week. We'll see. As, as always, see how I feel. The React. Hoodies and T-shirts are on the site. They're still there. Uh, Twenty percent. Very cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, all good. So I think that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right. Thanks um, very much for today. Cheers, lads. Good to see you again this week. Mega. I'll, uh, let's suck it then. I'll see you later. I'll speak to you later. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later. All right.